Welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Trader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. A uh, little Sunday evening recording. We got it together. We are we are here, three of us. Uh, made it to the microphones. Ryan Palmer, also in Portland, Oregon. What's up, Ryan? This was a seat-of-the-pants insane planning session to get this done. <laughs> we are... We are not very good planners of, of the pod, but this was probably the worst uh, planning. Uh, to be fair, I put the planning in motion... Uh, yep. On Wednesday of this week, and was yeah. never replied to. So, yep. uh, I, listen, was... we missed we missed the pod last week. I'm just glad that we're we were able to kind of get our shit together and uh, throw together this probably crap pod anyway. So it was really touch and go today. But you know, sometimes the best uh, the best laid plans often go awry, which is why we just don't plan anymore. Exactly. We just show up show up with the microphone. <laughs> you know, I, I think sometimes. We're guilty, probably, of doing too much planning and overthinking things. So, really, <laughs> the best thing that we can do is show up, just just really spur the moment. You know, listen. That's how I do every pod. We can't have three of us doing this. This. <laughs> we made it. We're here, Mike uh, in Minneapolis. What's up, uh, Mike in Minneapolis? Now was in Detroit uh, for a wedding this weekend. Whoa! Uh, first time in Detroit. Uh, man, just a very, very strange place. I only got to see a tiny bit, but you know, the things they say about Detroit, uh, just lots of just fields in the middle of the city that were not fields so long ago. It's a, it's a weird thing. Mm. Um, also I'd like to announce that, uh, I'm, you know, the wife and I are starting our, our DJ empire, uh, may also be extending to Detroit. Uh, it was like, so actually, this is like a theoretical question. Uh, we'll do it. We're doing a little like a uh, like a focus group here. So if you are DJing for th- a three hour period at a wedding, it's like a pretty long, pretty long period. It's a big. Do set. you do you intention intentionally kind of like scuttle the first two two and a half hours uh, to like not tire people out and then come in with like a a decent last hour thirty minutes to an hour. That's your ratchet hour. Yes. But I wouldn't say you scuttle the the first two and a half. You can't have like really bad music for two hours and then have a ratchet hour where everyone's like, "Oh, this is where the good music was," and then you end it. Like you got there's got to be a wind up and then a wind down as well. So I hope you're yeah. taking notes. I hear you. I hear you clickety clacking over there. I'm I'm furiously taking notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you know how there's always in the beginning of a wedding you've got you've got kind of the the oldies that are being played. Yeah. But that just kind of, it just kind of kept happening even after literally all the parents had left. Were they good enough oldies that you like knew that the DJ had it in them though? Was it like they were sending you, sending you hints, you know, like, Hey, this is the music, but like, you know, it's a deep enough cut or this one's a banger enough that you know that I've got it or, you know, just like left you really questioning all the way till the third hour. There was there was some quality in there, but it was mixed in with a lot of a lot of less quality, I would say. A lot of you know things that just didn't you know, tier tier three kind of songs. I do I mean, I agree the ratchet comes late, obviously, because that's when you're kind of allowed to get off the hook a little bit. But you gotta keep people around for that. 
Because at yeah. some point, people might be like, you know what? Let's head out. Let's hit a bar or something. We're all dressed up. This will be fun. Let's hit the after party early if the DJ isn't convincing them. So it's it, you got to be careful. Got to yep. be careful. This is yep. this is really helpful um, as we develop our business plan. So I want to thank both of you. I'm I'm very excited. There is a there is going to be a very important and uh, exciting shrimp oil that happens at some point. Uh, Someday. Whenever whenever this thing is over officially, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, you DJing this. So. So at the end of the wedding, um, the wedding was in kind of a faraway spot, wasn't near anything. Um, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was like it was like in a it was like in a neighborhood, you know, where you couldn't walk to a bar. So everyone's yeah, everyone's yeah. there waiting for you know their their rides home. They're waiting for their Lyft. They're waiting for their Uber, whatever. Uh, and so your boy, we're like, all right, we have a twenty minute wait. Your boy just pulls out the phone, starts playing songs on YouTube, and you know gets a lot of. <laughs> Gets a lot of, uh, oh, that's a good one, uh, which I felt was just great. I needed a business card at that point. Needed a business card. Didn't have one. Wow. I, He's just I a natural. En- I envision Mike playing songs on YouTube, yep. essentially DJing outside of the party, and the DJ yep. crew packing up their stuff. Yes, this was literally <laughs> happening. <laughs> Uh, we were like sitting on the stairs, and they were like literally like, "Hey, can you guys move aside? We have to bring the bring these speakers out." <laughs> and you were like, "Wait, let me just plug into one of those quick. I got something going here." Uh, I literally at some point yelled, "Does anyone have a solo cup?" Because the the iPhone just wasn't quite loud enough. I needed uh-huh. some kind of amplification. That's the move. Uh, there it is. Amazing. Oh man, I'm so happy that this is going well for you. Um, yeah. Ryan and I will send, send our consulting fee bill. Uh, you'll you'll have that in four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think rather than paying cash, we're just paying um, uh, like kind of a stock dividends kind of thing. Uh, not dividends, just stock. So your your own one um, percent each for you know future profits once we recoup our our startup cost. I, why don't you just pay me in Bitcoin? I don't believe in Bitcoin. Sorry, <laughs> it's bad for the environment. Fair. Um, and any uh, Palmer, I feel like that was a great little intro. I feel. Do you have anything you know you want to touch on before we get into the seriousness? No, I'm. I'm just glad that Mike is going for every DJ's neck right now. It's just great. <laughs> there's a lot of good DJs out there, but there's just room for two more. <laughs> Man. Do you wait? Sorry, one more question before we we move into the seriousness. Uh, do you have a name? For for your DJ company, mm, like great question. the yeah. uh, the the DJ company that did uh, my wedding was um, Toast and Jam, and I thought it was a very Ooh. nice little uh, you know like a little double entendre uh, you know pun. I love it. I think it's very clever. Do you have a like a like a DJ DJ no. name our, a DJ group name? Our working title is uh, Blizzard of Ninety One Bumps. <laughs> but um it's very much a working title you could be uh whamielson but wham spelled like the band wham you know? <laughs> Ooh, yeah like wham exclamation point yeah. Yulson. yeah exactly yeah that, that would probably be more 80s than i wouldn't want to overpromise people that you know we're gonna be playing 80s all night because that's that's not what's gonna be happening fair fair palmer looking at his phone making everybody nervous I think everything. Big okay. shrug. 
play on, play on, everybody. Play on, play on. The referee points forward. Uh, so the news this week, guys, this is the seriousness. Um, Meg Linehan of The Athletic with an amazing bit of reporting, uh, reporting on uh, Coach Riley. What was his first Paul, name? Paul, Paul Riley. Riley. Uh, and his long history of uh, sexual harassment, coercion, manipulation uh, within the NWSL, including during stints at uh, the Portland Thorns, the uh, North Carolina Cur- Courage, and before they were the Courage, they were something else. The uh, were they the Washington Spirit? Is that what they were, or were they the New York Flash or something like? Anyway, yeah, this I, guy, I know he coached in, in Philly. It was like multiple, multiple teams and previous leagues, like going way back, right? Um, kind of the context, I guess, is that he seems like he has a pattern. He kind of zeroes in on. Um, players that are on the fringe a little bit he promises he can help them uh develop their career or really sees you know huge potential in them um makes them feel quite uh you know beholden to him like their careers depend on him um really promotes excessive drinking within the club which that part surprised like what coach is going on road trips and trying to get everybody on the team drunk that seems like even just from like an athletic standpoint, like putting aside right, that that's you what shouldn't I mean. be you shouldn't be drinking with your players, that doesn't seem like a good idea at all. But yeah, who's going to be like, all right, pro athletes, like let's get you very drunk in the middle of the season to right. improve your performance. Well, that was uh, part of the story. Was like when when the um, the woman that uh, the story was essentially about, uh, Sinead, I'm probably going to butcher her last Fa- name, Far- Farley or Fairly, yeah. Uh, she meant when she moved to the Thorns, there was a number of players on the Thorns that were, you know, pretty well established. I think Alex Morgan was one of them, um, among others. Uh, Christine Sinclair, uh, who's still here, um, and kind of mentioned that like none of those older players would go out and drink as heavily uh, or do the drinking that that Paul Riley essentially just supported and and pushed and and we know Uh, alex morgan isn't afraid of a drink exactly yes (laughs) yeah um so yeah it was just that whole behavior is bizarre um i have i definitely have some more thoughts but dan continue with with your rundown of the story for those that well i mean i think essentially that's it for the background this story dropped on wednesday middle of the day thursday middle of the day within 24 hours uh, Riley had been fired by the Courage, uh, had the U.S. Soccer Federation ended up revoking his coaching license. Uh, the NWSL was renewing investigations. Uh, within 48 hours, the NWSL CEO and legal counsel had resigned. FIFA is opening an investigation into the league. Uh, U.S. Soccer is opening an investigation. It's like this really, really... Um, yeah. You know, fast. gained traction and snowballed. Uh, snowballed, maybe not the right word. That makes it sound like it um, gained more momentum than it should have, which is certainly not true. This is um, all very appropriate reaction. Uh, so that's kind of like where things stand. Uh, obviously, Palmer and I uh, in Portland, Portland Timbers fans, I, I don't think we claim to be huge Thorns fans. I mean, obviously... If we had to pick a team, but we're not going to their games a lot. We don't talk about them on here. Um, nonetheless, same club, same front office. 
they knew at the time, I guess this is part of the story, the Thorns uh, did have it reported to them by players at the time that this guy was um, sexually coercive to the uh, at least one player reported it at the time. Alex Morgan knew of that reporting to the club management at the time. Um, Paul Riley did not have his contract extended, and uh, so he wasn't fired. Never publicly did they say anything about this being the reason until this week when Merritt Paulson said, yeah, this was a big part of it. Um, so, and then, uh, th- There was an investigation of this coach like five years ago. I can't remember if it was the league or the Thorns who did it, but there was an investigation, and then basically that investigation closed without anything happening beyond him just not getting his contract renewed. I think the Thorns ran the investigation, and they said that he his contract was not renewed because he something something along the lines of uh you know did not follow team policy on whatever it was they did not disclose what the team policy was and what he didn't follow or whatever uh but yeah shady not handled correctly um and then ostensibly swept under the rug yeah, and not reported on. I mean, they say they reported it. They they forwarded the findings of their investigation to the league, but um, Riley was hired again within five months or eight months or something like that by another team in the league uh, who said that they were aware of the investigation and went through the right channels to make their hire. Um, so, you know, Portland front office looking really bad in this. The The league front office looking really bad. Two prominent members of the league front office are gone. Uh, as of now, I believe, although I haven't checked within the last like hour or two, Portland front office still intact. Um, you know, the owner Merritt Paulson was on emails at the time reporting this. Um, the the GM uh, Gavin Wilkinson was on emails and knew about this and handled this. Uh, part of the story also said that in a meeting with the players that were being uh, abused, Wilkinson asked them to, you know, keep their private lives private and not speak too much to the media um, about their um, political leanings, uh, sexual preferences, uh, you know, whatever. So uh, they're just like really looking bad. Uh, But Gavin Wilkinson still uh, employed by the the Timbers and Thorns. Merritt Paulson, obviously still the owner, has not sold them in the last uh, 36 hours, whatever it's been. Gavin and the story's still developing. Gavin Wilkinson, when reached for comment uh, regarding some of the allegations in the meeting, and, and especially around like his meeting that he had with uh, one of the players, um, in which he asked her to, you know, reel it in on on the political stuff uh, and you know being open um, in public uh, in the media. Uh, his response was that that was bullshit um, and essentially got angry and called the person a liar and then had to backtrack and apologize for that response. So it's just like um, all of this has been uh, just handled incorrectly uh, with with very little like concern uh, for the well-being of, of the people that are directly involved in this abuse. Um, and again, it's just, uh, it's, it's a tragedy and it's gross. And it, the fact that this guy 
was able to continue to have a job and essentially move around the country, um, continuing to do this. And in some cases, uh, not only doing this to, to different players, but also one in particular, uh, Sinead Fairley, where he would um, essentially trade for her and bring her yeah, into... Yeah, bring her into every team that he was managing. Uh, which was... It's just bizarre. bizarre. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean... Go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to say, I don't, you know, many people listening to this have probably been following the story anyway, so we probably don't need to, we've, we've rehashed the article itself enough. Like we being three white middle-aged males are not the people that should be passing down our opinions about this. But, um, I mean, having said that, Mike, do you think the reaction has been appropriate where needed from uh different organizations does it need to be wider does it how do you feel about how this has been playing out yeah i mean i think i think you know every time we there's been so much i would say i don't know bad press is not necessarily bad press is not the right way of phrasing it but like there's been so much sort of social issues around the women's game over the last couple years with this there was a story about um, the Washington Spirit. Their coach was fired for um, like verbal and emotional abuse. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, that story just broke. Yeah, I um, saw somebody recently saying that of the I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but of the eight teams in the league, six of them recently have had like issues with management or front office being yeah. misogynistic, racist, like some type of deplorable, and having to fire people, like. Yeah. A huge majority of the league's teams are all just like a mess. And and frankly, I imagine that the league is not worse than your average soccer league. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something, you know, most of the things that I've seen have been about men who are part of the women's league. So maybe there's a certain kind of man who is attracted to being part of the women's game who is more sexist or misogynistic, or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think... Uh, it's 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 good to see these things getting brought to light. I mean, it, just from the the story on the athletic, like so many of these women were, you know, really terrified to bring this up, and so the fact that it is coming to light and they are getting so much support is great. I mean, every time there's there's like a a, a story, sort of an off the field story in the women's game, my you know initial thought as someone who mostly follows the men's game is what are men saying. What are, you know, our famous men's soccer players saying? What are the leagues saying? And so far, I haven't haven't really seen anything. So to me, that's always very disappointing to have. You know, I, I think the men's, U.S. men's national team have, have been a little bit more vocal around, like, the whole payment issue with the, the women's team more recently. So, I mean, that's, like, baby steps. But, you know, this is like a I, – I don't know. It would just be – if, I, I don't know. I mean, in some ways it'd be very hollow, but in other ways it'd be like, yeah, you know, if you're in the soccer world and you have a platform, fucking get out there and say some, say something, say in support or do something. I mean, what can you do as as Christian Pulisic uh, to to make this better? I you know I don't know, but I imagine there's something. Yeah, yeah. The the Timbers players today all posted on their social media a joint statement that they had signed in support of the players. Um, the Timbers manager was wearing a ribbon during the game today in support of all NWSL players. Um, so there's a little bit of that at some level. It's not the big superstars, it doesn't seem like. 
and it's also not clear to me what that really does. Like, it seems like an easy thing to to just have a statement or wear a ribbon, and it, what really matters is what you're doing about it. Um, I mean, it's also an easy thing to have a podcast and talk about it, and what really matters is what you're doing about it. So um, <laughs> I'm not, like, well, saying I, that, you know, I don't know, the call to action maybe listen, rings hollow anyway. Here's the thing. This is the thing that I keep coming back to um, and keep thinking about this with this particular story. And any story that comes up uh, in the women's game outside of the actual what happens on the pitch. And for me, it's investment, right? Uh, There are people on this podcast that have invested in the women's game uh, in Minnesota, right? Um, And we support that endeavor and we hope that it is successful and we want to see it be successful. Um, the issue is, is, is investment. And so I think the problem stemmed from the fact that it was a new league. They didn't want to have problems. They knew this guy was a problem, but their, their issue was like, Hey, if we fire this guy, then we have to go find somebody else that takes time. That takes money. Uh, we don't want to do it. So we'll just ferry him around. Right. Uh, they didn't have a correct way for the players to, um, I mean, shit, the, the average, uh, all of this stuff happened in like 2013. The average salary for an NWSL player, I think it was the WPS at the time, was like $31,000, right? So they're way below the poverty line, whereas the average, average salary in MLS was like uh, $300,000, right? There is a huge issue there. And we're not even just talking about pay. We're talking about investment in the game, advertising. Uh, how do you make sure that if players are being abused, there is a anonymous pathway for them to make these, uh, these complaints. There wasn't that, uh, in this case. Right. And so now there is, but some, some pillars had to fall for that, for that to, to happen. Um, and anything that happens, it's, 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 it's about investment. And the hope is, is that this story, you know, the people that need to go, go, the people that need to be punished are punished. Um, but that's not the end of this, right? The, 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 the next step is, uh, how do you, if you tear it down, let's make it back better. Yeah. Um, and to make it back better, there has to be more investment. And, and I mean, I think in this article, they talk about how part of, part of what allowed this kind of behavior to happen was like the huge income differences between the players who are making so little and the coach who was making a lot of money, not just off coaching the team, but like, you know, other arrangements he had with like youth soccer coaching. And I mean, I, he's got I think, some apparel brand or something. He's running Clint like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, ha- how do you, how do you fix that uh, is, is a bigger question, but I mean, I've always thought it's surprising that there's so few women's coaching coaches in the NWSL. I mean, you've got, you know, women's soccer became a huge deal 30 years ago. You, you've got plenty of, you know, coaching age women who are out there who are probably good enough, know enough about the game to be in leadership positions, but they aren't. And I think that speaks to like sort of the way that the women's game is set up here where it really has, I mean, you just, you don't see that many of, you know, the, the women who we grew up you know, seen in World Cups now involved in the game at, you know, a, a coaching level or a management level yeah, or whatever. Good point. 
I think the I saw another uh, probably person on Twitter saying that the thing that struck them about the story was that no person with any like in a position of power ever did anything to help the people that were not in a position of power with the exception of Alex Morgan. So, uh, you know, props to Alex Morgan. Uh, I've never been a huge fan. She was in Portland, never seemed to settle here. Like Portland traded her to Orlando and that was like, we ended up doing well from that and whatever. And it was always just kind of this funny joke, like uh, Alex Morgan. Uh, but you read this and you think like, man, no wonder Alex Morgan probably hated Portland and wanted to get out of here. Like this was all like, I mean, she was not susceptible to it. That's not the right word, but, uh, you know, she knew of it because players were coming to her for help. Right. Uh, she was trying to help them. She knew how rotten the the environment was. Like, no wonder she wanted to get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Uh, it really puts Alex Morgan's entire career for me in a different light. And my whole perception of her is very different. Uh, so good for her for being the one person in the entire story who seemed to care. Like, who's, mm-hmm. who tried to do something. Yeah. Uh you know, not that that's what this story is about, but um, good for Alex Morgan. Yeah. Um, there it is. I mean, huge story still developing. I'm sure there'll be a lot more. I'm sure we'll come back to it as dominoes fall um, because, you know, hopefully they do. And this isn't just a thing. NWSL cancels games this weekend. <laughs> right. So supporters yeah. groups don't really get to like react in stadiums. Um, the Timbers Army that reacted today. Timbers Army's had a had a TIFO or signs today. So, you know, that the story's not going to go away by not holding these games. Um, the I think that they've the NWSL is now under like an ownership group uh, because the CEO had been fired. Um, so this the story is changing every day and it's still happening, but like um, it's not going away. Uh, and it's definitely something that they need to address and fix. And I mean, Mike, we can we can all agree that uh, if FIFA's opening an investigation, it's going to be all right, right? <laughs> I saw, just since we're talking about FIFA, I saw that there's rumors that FIFA is going to be moving their headquarters to the United States, which feels like a like a FBI inception to like let's get all these guys to move here so that we can arrest them and like. <laughs> Prosecute them with it. Like, why on earth would they do that? I uh, really thought you were going to say the, the Cayman Islands, not the United yeah. States. Like, I mean, that would make a hell of a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no good way to transition out of that. Uh, a terrible story. It will continue to develop. It's a it's a huge story. Um, so very interesting and obviously on the forefront of our minds. Uh, but we will try to transition out of it. The U.S. men's national team have a, an October World Cup qualifying window coming up. Uh, and there's a new roster. So uh, Pulisic is out injured. Uh, Reyna is still out injured. Some other guys have been dropped, including Josh Sargent, uh, Conrad De La Fenta, P. Fuck is not in. Uh, those are kind of the big ones. Sands, Zimmerman, I guess, went out injured. Uh, but Mike, in general... Do you think this is a, a more solid squad, less solid squad? Are you worried about these uh, games? How do you feel about this roster? I mean, despite the last three games being generally not good, uh, I remain bullish. I remain bullish. And even though, you know, our two best attacking players are out, 
you know, we've got a home game, home games against Jamaica and Costa Rica, and then away to Panama. Panama's looked pretty good so far. Uh, those other teams, not so good. But I feel like, you know, seven to nine points is is what we should be shooting for. So uh, there's no there's no actual reason looking at this team. Uh, I feel like over the last three games, why we should think that they can win games. Uh, but I'm just gonna do it anyway. I mean, what what is it? It's win your games at home and draw away, and that will get you qualified. And if we can get a draw away at Panama, I think that would be a a very good result. Uh, We should not lose to Jamaica um, at home, nor should we draw. And, you know, Costa Rica has not looked very good. That should definitely be uh, three points. So um, I like this seven to nine points here. Uh, I, where are these home games? Um, Hopefully it's not in Nashville, so Weston McKinney stays in his hotel room. Where is Q2 it's, Stadium? It's, it's One in is in Austin. Austin, which is, I feel like, the Nashville oh, of Texas. No, so. it is. <laughs> it's the Nashville of Texas. Are both of them? No. Uh, Where's no, lower the lower one is field? Uh, Columbus. Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Nothing That's, like, to do that's there. two point, three points. Yeah, hold them all in Columbus, please. <laughs> uh, uh, after all of that, though, after all of the, the drama and stuff, uh, Weston McKinney back in the team yep, good in point. the next window. I mean, yep. so uh, shouts to Greg for being level-headed and uh, hopefully they've been able to squash whatever whatever beef they had and, and Weston can come back and, and uh, be the Weston McKinney we know and uh, know and love. This roster in some ways I think is more interesting than like what the just like full first choice would be. Um, Musa is in, Hoppy is in, Busio is in, Wea is in. Those are all guys that maybe aren't in the starting 11 uh, if you have your first choice, but that I want to see more of. Busio yeah. scored in La Liga this weekend. Uh, Wea, uh, jury's still out, so we'll see <laughs> how he's looking. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many question marks in this team still. Like, I don't know, other than maybe Matt Turner and Miles Robinson and, you know, Pulisic when he's healthy and Rayner when he's when he's healthy. Like, I feel like every other spot is kind of up for grabs. I don't know, maybe Adams, Adams is probably a lock. But that's still like six or seven spots that are up for grabs in those positions that you're, you're talking about where we've got guys coming in. So for me, it's like, yeah, if Wea comes in and looks great, boom, just, yeah, slot him in out there, like, you know, there's no one who he's going to be displacing who's, like, really shown that they've got, you know, all the right stuff. You know, if Busio is, like, all of a sudden a world beater, yeah, he's going to find his way into this team. So I think it's it's exciting in that way. That's part of what I like about, about these uh, camps. Do you think that Pepe, uh, does he get the start in game one? Like, is it, like, are we on the Pepe train? Is it, or was that it was just a... Yeah. <laughs> exactly chugga, the chugga, question chugga, I was going to throw chugga, to you, Ryan. Chugga, chugga, chugga. I or, think one game, so who knows, small sample size, Yeah. but he's been playing well at Dallas. He showed really well. If he's the hot hand, you play him. Like, let him burn out. Let go. Make him prove that he's not the right guy to start. And that's true for everybody. That's true yeah. for, for me, for Aronson, for anybody else that's looked good. Miles Robinson, Anthony Robinson. Let them play. If they're bad, then they get pulled. 
But if they keep up what they've been doing, that's let them run. Let them run. Yeah. Dan, how happy are you to not see Josh Sargent on this? Uh, on this so team? happy. <laughs> I just, uh, so on the actual thread this week, I was making an argument that in trying to evaluate players, the most efficient way to do that is to simply look at where they play their club football because club football across the world is a very free market. So you, you know, you set a player free and then you see where he lands and the level at which he lands is, is a good indicator better than anything we can come up with for how good he is. Right. Professional scouts are deciding how much money they should spend on like it's wide open. It's the best indicator. Uh, then as soon as I hit send on that email to you guys, I realized that that meant that Josh Sargent playing in the Premier League meant he must be good. But he's and playing I was like, so, Wait, well. so low at the bottom of ba- like literally barely in the Premier League. Yeah. But you, what you got to understand, guys, is that Norwich has made a huge mistake, and this is the one case <laughs> where that way of uh, of deciding how good a player is 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 not valid. So yeah, uh, I just feel bad. like I was really. When I made a when I made a bet with Colin about how many Premier League minutes Sargent would get, I was really counting on him flying uh, transatlantic, you know, five or six times during the season, and that's looking very much at risk now. It's really hurting my bet. I mean, he's playing a lot, but they're they're not winning, so eventually he's going to get rotated out. They got to try something God, new anyway. So, so. <laughs> um, Palmer, anyone that you're really looking forward to in this roster? I mean, we got all these new guys in. Anyone that like really piques your interest? I mean, I'm, I want to see Pepe again, right? Sample size is one, uh, and he came in and essentially changed the narrative uh, of that of that window. Um, so I want to see if he's able to uh, continue that. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Musa is, is a name on here that uh, is exciting, and, and we've not seen a ton from yet, and I would like to see. Um, but... You know, also, I think Miles Robinson uh, and Anthony Robinson, uh, sorry, am I saying that right? Miles, yeah. yeah. Um, and Anthony Robinson are two that, again, changed the narrative of that last cycle. Uh, and can they, can they continue to have that, that momentum? So, um, yeah. yeah, that's, let's, let's continue that momentum and, and that narrative. And those are the guys that changed it. So let's, let's run with those guys. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've just got kind of what I was saying before. There's so many, you know, spots up for grabs that just all these guys who are coming in who weren't in uh, in September. I'm just like, yeah, I want to see all of them. I want to see, you know, Hoppy, I thought, looked exciting uh, over the summer against kind of lesser competition. I want to see what he can do. I've been a big way of fan for a while, and he's he's had a few good games in a row. He's had assists two weeks in a row in league. Uh and so I want to see uh, what he can do for the national team. I mean, we've got, um, yeah, just like, I don't know. There's three games in, in a week, so we're probably going to see a lot of rotation. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. We'll see, get to see a lot of guys. I think Hoppy and uh, Busio for me, I'm just really curious to see if they can replicate um, the kind of su- success that they had this summer. I thought they were both really fun to watch. And, uh you know, now it's serious. The The summer games, those were competitive tournaments officially. Uh, World Cup qualifying is, I think, at a different level. So bring them in, see what they can do. Let's see it. Yeah. Uh, so those games, sorry. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I have just another kind of roster-related uh, question for you guys. I'll, I'll throw this to you, Dan, since you don't usually get to answer questions. Fun. So we've got we've got Anthony Robinson, and we've got Miles Robinson. We've got Luca De La Torre, and we've got Gianluca Busio. We've got Gio Reyna, not on the roster, and we also have Nicholas Giocchini. It seems like all of our names are kind of coalescing, and I'm worried that maybe Greg, he's just like, he, he like gets fixated on a name or maybe he's not able to differentiate between players. I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't a question, but um, I don't know. Is this something we need to be looking for going forward? Like if we start pulling in some guy we've never heard of whose name is just, you know, Christian Franklin or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is absolutely something that should be monitored. Uh is that why Christian Roldan is on the roster? They're like, oh, we need a Christian. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it might be. I, I don't know. <laughs> why was, did you throw this to me? There was I don't a, know. There was, I can't remember, and I'm, I'm going to mess this up, um, but there were two anchors on uh, SportsCenter, um, and these were not the two anchors that did this, but, like, for example... Stuart Scott and Scott Van Pelt, and they would. So they had one guy had the last name as of of the guy of the first, that had the same first name, and so like Stuart Scott, he would they would like uh, introduce themselves, and Stuart Scott would say, "I'm Stuart Scott Van Pelt." Uh, <laughs> is uh, is um, what's his name? Greg is Greg doing this so he can just have an entire lineup yeah. of first and Before last and names. After. Oh, just, just link run, them all together. Just like run into it. Yeah. I love it. I if love he's it. doing it, this, if he does this, we're going to definitely win the World Cup. So. Randy Scott? I'm now looking at lists of Sports Center anchors. <laughs> it, oh, I can't the fact that you, that you were able to pull Scott Van Pelt and Stuart Scott just yeah, on the fly. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Pretty impressive. impressive. Looking for other people with last name, first names here. Uh, Katie George, Jay Harris, Neil Everett. It, well, yeah, it was uh, Neil Everett, and there was another guy that first name was Everett. I can't. I, All right, there you uh, go. This is Just good have content. have some dead air while I scan. This is good content. But I think that that's the question that Mike is getting at, and this is what Greg is doing. Greg's been watching a little too much SportsCenter. That's probably it. I don't see another Everett on here. I know. I feel like it was Neil Everett, but I don't know. Maybe it was Neil. Maybe there was a Neil. Oh, I, I forgot nope. to mention uh, Weston McKenney and Mark McKenzie. Look at that. Also um, very this close. Is, this is it's, what we're talking it's, about. It's, it's, Uncanny. It's, it's, you know, troubling. Troubling at best, I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, just continue to monitor, I'd say, at this point. Not, not worried about it, but let's keep tabs on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, more Serginos, though. If we're going to go down this route, I would be all for more Serginos. And Shaqs. <laughs> Give me Shaqs. Give me more yeah. Shaqs. Shaquille O'Neal, uncapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, if, what if our best athletes played soccer? <laughs> <laughs> so Jamaica on Thursday, Panama on Sunday, Costa Rica on Wednesday. Uh these three game windows are so thick and fast. Yeah, uh, a lot of we'll see a lot of people because there's a lot of rotation. Uh, hopefully, we we see them in coherent formations. <clears throat> Greg, <clears throat> thank you. You know that would be great. 
you know what I'm excited for the most for this international break is that Spurs finally won, um, and it was their first Premier League victory post last international break. Um, so I'm so now I'm, that they've got their their rollback. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, losing whatever four or five straight games. No, that's great. Didn't there used to be a thing with Harry Kane that he never scored in August or something like that? Maybe this is the new Spurs thing. You guys just don't win in September. Now September's over. That's fair. You don't have to worry uh, about Harry, it for another year. Harry Harry Kane also has not scored uh, in the Premier League. So, well, but he did have a hat trick hat trick against some team from Slovenia in the <laughs> co- Nations. What is it? UEFA Nations the League Conference Cup or Euro- something? Europa Conference Leagues. It's the same as the League's Cup that happened in the U.S., right? It's the same Let's, competition. Are the Spurs going to play? Uh, who won that? <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> um, should we should we do a little uh, Minnesota women's soccer team name update? We we spent some time on this the, the last time we recorded. We brainstormed some names. We had some good ideas. I think. None, none of, of them, them made it. None of the uh, Portage yeah. did Portage the Portage. Oh, Portage Portagers, yeah, that's true. That was there. Okay. That was there. Um, Mike, give us the rundown. Okay, so two names were suggested that were uh, they were put out to the public and then they were thrown out. Suffragettes and Temperance. I think we can all agree that those were ill-conceived names at best. <laughs> I honestly. <laughs> As someone who lives in Minnesota, but maybe is not as well-versed in Minnesota history as others, I, I still do not understand at all why those were even considered names. It feels very, very weird. I'll just keep going. Yep. Uh, yep. So the other names, we're just going to roll them off. We've got Aurora, Dark Sky, Foxfire, Myriad, Red Pines, Violet, Vortex, Whitetails, Arctic, Black Oak, Iron, Portage, River, Roaring. So we've got, you know, two tree names. We've got a lot of cold weather names. We've got some some minerals, some geographic features. I'm I'm upset that Blizzard of 91 didn't get get on this. I mean, Arctic I, is there. That's the closest you've got. Yeah. I do it's not I the loved same. I loved the rollout of these names um because it came with a an explainer and then it also came with like the team will also be known as like, for example, I think Minnesota Aurora, I think, this is a guess, but <laughs> they would be the Minnesota Aurora and they would be like the Mighty Lights, right? Yeah, yeah something like uh, that. And then um, I'm not going to, I can't guess on anything else, but um, <laughs> someone... They were actually, the- I think, the Northern Lights, which made me wonder if they were just going to be like some kind of affiliation with the Las Vegas Lights, and right. then there's the Northern Lights, right? Which would be great, I think. Well, so play that. someone, someone in the comments, and shouts to whoever is running the Minnesota women's soccer uh, social media, because the internet is a terrible place, and of course, someone in the comments was getting snarky and shitty, and was like, "Well, if you're going to do one name, why are you giving us two names?" Da 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 da. And they did a whole, like, real kind, like, you know, there's a lot of teams that have their, what they're known as, and then they have the nickname, yeah, right? It's very so you, common in the world of soccer for... Yeah, it was just yeah. so, I mean, shouts to them for being kind to 
internet trolls and, and yeah. everything. So uh, they're, they're off to a great start. These are all great names. Um, I wish the Blizzard of 91 was on there, but the Ar- Arctic is there. So, uh, you know, they're doing a great job. Uh, Palmer, that's much too nice. Just if you're not willing to throw any of these under the bus, at least tell us which one you'll be voting for. Oh, I'm going Portage or Portagers. Give me something to go. I, you know, uh, Portage, Minnesota. The, yeah, the Boundary Waters. The, it's. I like it. Come on, Mike. I, I'll, I'll just be the anti-Palmer, not because I'm a negative Nancy, uh, but just <laughs> no. just just for you know podcasting. But I just none of these names really jump out at me, and I was like, ooh, that's a great name. I would say of these names. Uh, like Arctic, I don't know. That's it's closest to Blizzard of '91, so that one, that one I like. I don't know. Vortex could be kind of cool, but we were also talking about this on on the email thread that you know really the name is is important, but the branding is really where you make your money. So yeah. if you can come in with you know a whatever name and then just have awesome branding, then it doesn't really matter. Um, wait, wait, wait! I I got it. It's the Minnesota Wham. With an exclamation point, <laughs> Yulsons. <laughs> uh, That's uh, it. I like it. I like it. Um, and one of their, was it maybe the, the River Minnesota uh, idea was going to be the Grey Ducks? And it just feels like the team should just be the, the Minnesota Grey Ducks. But, you know, they, the, social, the nice guy on social media was like, there's already too many Grey Ducks out there. But I disagree. Disagree. There's a million. Never enough Grey Ducks. There's a million Uniteds out there. There's a million. <laughs> every team. Like, think about, you know, the New England Patriots, and then think about how in every high school league across the country, there is at least one high school called the Patriots. And no one's like, ah, we've got too many Patriots out there. We've got too many, we've got too many, you know, teams named the Lions out there. It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, someone's going to take that we got too many Patriots out there uh, soundbite and just run with it. Yeah. <laughs> Burge, Burge is, is doing this to make sure we don't do anything bad on the team. He's, he's uh, <laughs> getting the social media guy to you know, have a smear campaign uh, ready to go. Put all your social media private ahead of time, Mike. It's easier. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, something about I've, the Minnesota Red Pines I really like. It's, it's just like, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. You know, like, I don't know, Dark Sky or Vortex feels like a a laser tag place that you go when you're 12 years old to, for a birthday party. Uh, Red Pines is just like, you know what? I like that. It works. And then you can, yeah, build the brand around that. Yeah. I do think that you have to, uh, so like the dark sky and the vortex and all that, the, the, um, before the, the loons, Minnesota United was Minnesota United. They were the Minnesota thunder, Right. I think that you have to kind of separate yourself from that. So, like, that's why I don't particularly like Grey Ducks because it sounds as though it's like part of. Uh, the but do Minnesota you feel that United. way about like the Thorns and the Timber? I feel like a lot of the the women's. But they're teams, in the same club. Yeah. But, yeah. I, no. I mean, no, I don't. Most people don't really that, know that. But to be yeah, fair, fair, like, I the sh- short answer to that, Mike, is yes. Like, I don't need. I don't like the WNBA teams that are like um, the Suns and the Mercury, right? Like, I'm not a huge fan of that because, like, it's their own team. Like, just 
come up with your own name. You don't have to be an offshoot of the men's team. Um, and that's what those names feel like to me. So, like, go away from the duck theme uh, and do your, own, do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I just feel like the Grey Ducks is such an inside joke for Minnesotans where... Oh, yeah. If, if you are from Minnesota, you get it. If you're not, you're probably just, like, Googling what a Grey Duck is. So I, I'm, I'm all for, like, things that are just hyper, hyper local in a team name. Blizzard of 91. Still Blizzard out there. Blizzard of 91. You, if, if any Is it too late? Name, I get it in there. Get it in. Write in. Start the write-in campaign. Um, I, the Premier League, guys. The Wait, Dan, you don't, have a, you don't have a fave? I said Red Pines. I like I like the Red Pines. I think yeah, it's just it works and it doesn't. I don't know. You can like come up with reasons to not like most of the other ones. Do you know what their second? You're trying to be really cynical, which could happen. A person could decide to be that way. (laughs) Uh, Red Pines, though, I feel like it's just it's just really nice. Makes me happy. I don't hate it. What's the? uh, Do they have what's the second name for the Red Pines? Do we know? I don't remember. The Reds, know. and then they just become a communist team. <laughs> I, we've talked about that, I think. Man. We've done it. It fits Minnesota's history. Talk to Carson. I also don't, I don't hate Iron Minnesota. They've got the Iron Range up north. Uh, Iron Minnesota would be just fine with me also, but those yeah. are the two. Rangers feels like it would have been a great name. The Minnesota Rangers. Oh, God, what happened there? Somebody really <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> Jesus, all right. God, you sounded so Minnesotan right there. <laughs> oof, oof, what happened there, eh? Ah, oh, jeez. It was oof. right there. Oofta, the Rangers. <laughs> I, guess, I guess Rangers also has a, a police connotation, uh, so it's probably good we, we avoided that. So that's what yeah. happened there. All right, we solved that, solved that mystery. Good job, everyone. That, that is what happened there. We're done. Done. Good job, Bersh. Uh Tottenham got a win this week. Everton with a nice road draw at Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo not happy about don't it. Don't enjoy it, though. Do not enjoy that road draw. Nope, don't, don't do enjoy it. it. Whatever you do. Um, your paper game, though, was definitely Manchester City at Liverpool in a great game. Even when it was nil-nil, this was one of those games that was just really fun to watch. And yep. then I stopped watching, and then the goals came also. So uh, <laughs> really the best of all worlds. It was, I mean, this game was a great game. Uh, It was, as soccer should be, it was open. Two contrasting styles. Uh, The entire first half was uh, United, I'm sorry, City completely controlling the ball. So Dan probably hated all of the Tiki Taka. Um, It let let Liverpool get out on the break several times, though. So it it was like... What I liked about it was that there were no like crunching, cynical tackles. It was two teams really trying to play, which yep. you don't get to see that often. Yeah. And it also, you got a lot of like awesome pep uh, sideline antics, just screaming and yelling. And uh, there's definitely some gifts. Yeah. And like, I, what was the gift the other year? The, I think it was last year or two years ago, uh, where he was like, putting two fingers in the air and he was screaming, that's twice, that's twice or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, counting, counting. Yeah, right? that was, uh, there was some of that in this game. Um, angry Pep was was good and then a lot of face touching at the end from Pep and, and uh, Klopp. 
Um, it was a great game. I mean, Mo Salah just absolutely sunned Cancelo twice uh, in this game um, that led to, to both goals. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Mike, uh, Jurgen Klopp is, I feel like, transforming his look. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. He does not look like the same man that Liverpool hired. Do you have any thoughts about that? Furiously Googling. <laughs> Maybe describe I mean, his look for the list. I mean, I'm obviously I mean, familiar with his look. Teeth, but, he, but he had his teeth done his, pretty his early. Look. What is he going on? He had his on? teeth done pretty early. That, you know, fine. He now has lost the glasses. He's like... The, the face is real tight. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's just... Is he's, Liverpool like the L.A. of, of England? Yeah. Like, Brendan Rodgers did there. the same You've... shit. Uh, like, he got veneers. Uh, you know, now he did his teeth, laser surgery, no no glasses. Uh, what did Firmino got, it, got his teeth done, too? Like, what is going on in Liverpool? I, I do remember a story about... Um, Fellaini when he was like thinking about going to Everton and someone, some other Belgian player who played either for Everton or Liverpool or in England was basically like, don't go there. Like the women will, it'll be too hard for you to focus with the the women of Liverpool. So maybe that's (laughs) what's going on. I, I don't know. Uh, There, I mean, look, if you want to get your teeth done, more power to you. If you, if you want to get anything done, more power to you. Yeah, but for me, you. it's not the teeth and it's not the losing the glasses. Cause those are like very reasonable things that a lot of people yeah. have orthodontia and LASIK. Like, but the, today it just struck me how, how tight really taut his face was. Uh, not the oh, man. same man that I'm, showed up in Liverpool. I'm looking at him actually a photo that's just on the Liverpool website without the glasses. And he looks older. Maybe it's just because he's not smiling in this photo and he's usually really smiling hard and that makes, you know, that energy makes him look young. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like the new Jurgen. I want the old Jurgen back. I think he looks less like it would be amazing to have a hug from him. He just kind of, he he looks like just a guy on the street. He looks like a guy on the street wearing all Liverpool gear. He doesn't look as like I want to be embraced by this man. Yeah, not you at know. all. It's sad. And I think he used to have the hair used to be longer too, which gave him just a little bit more of like a cool uncle vibe. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I think that maybe he's getting a fade. There. Check your he's, check your email. I put a a picture that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about in your email. This is great content. This is really. I just good. need Mike to really see what I was seeing today. Dude, like he, I don't think you you wouldn't oh, yeah. recognize him. No, he looks like a he looks like he sold out. Looks like he's like Hollywood now. Maybe that's the next play. I mean, I think he's always been pretty clear that like he doesn't want to be at Liverpool forever. And oh, he does look. He, he looks like he's wearing like some eyeshadow or something. Honestly, I think it's the hair. I think he has. He's he's trimmed the beard and the sides. I think he's getting a fade. Yeah. yeah, he also used to kind of have that mop, which was a, yeah. a doofy look that just worked so well for him. But I think yeah. I'm, I remember there was a there's an interview he did when when Wenger was still coaching and he talked about comparing himself to Wenger. And he was like, you know, I like to drink beer and Wenger likes wine and Wenger likes classical music and I like rock and roll. And I feel like he's 
the vangerification of, of Jurgen Klopp is in process. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And I want, I want rock and roll beer drinking Klopp back. That's the Klopp that I love. Do you, do you think that he's going to start wearing like a long jacket? Is that what you're saying? Like <laughs> Klopp's jacket is going to get longer and longer? If that happens, oh, we know bad news it's complete. For you. Check your check your email again. <laughs> Man, remember when we were talking about how we're just not prepared for this podcast? It's it really you can't tell. I think as a listener, you would just think, yeah, you would think uh, this has all been yeah. very clearly thought out and uh, well done. Uh, just a, a hint for the listener: I'm sending a picture of Klopp in a long, puffy jacket, uh, but embracing uh, Becker. So he, he's still got a bit of the hug in him. That's good to see. Um, but the long puffy oh, is yeah. a thing that exists. Oof. So, uh, oh, so that's no. your, that's your premier league update. It was good. Uh, and, uh, we, oh, we had an email, but we wanted to get right into NWSL cause that was such a big, big thing. Um, Mike, you want to touch this email quick? Uh, yeah. So emails from Raymond. Uh, so, you know, we talked a lot about the European super league and that, when it happened over the summer, uh, MLS and Liga MX just came up with a revamped Leagues Cup. So so basically, MLS and Liga MX for, for many years uh, have been trying to have some kind of meaningful uh, dual league competition that's just teams from Liga MX and MLS. Uh, now they have the Leagues Cup before they had the North American Super Liga. It's basically just friendly tournaments with, you know, random teams. Uh but it has been previously like confined to you know just maybe four teams from each country. Uh, no more. Starting in 2024, uh, there will be basically a World Cup-style tournament featuring teams from both leagues. Uh, quoting from Wikipedia, uh, sorry, it's in 2023, not 2024, so we don't have to wait as long. The 2023 League Cup Leagues Cup will be contested by all MLS and League MX clubs during a month-long pause in their respective seasons with three Champions League berths awarded to the finalists and third-place finisher. So basically, we're going to get a break in the middle of MLS for League's Cup. Raymond does not like this. He thinks American soccer media should be calling it out as, you know, stupid money grab, uh, just as the European Super League was a stupid money grab. Um, Palmer, is Raymond right? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, it is a stupid money grab because everything is a stupid money grab. But... This doesn't eliminate the CONCACAF Champions League, right? The winner of this League's Cup uh, earns a position or a spot in CONCACAF, CONCACAF Champions League. Is that what I understand from what you just read from Wikipedia? Yep. Yep. Okay. So this is basically so, a, a glorified playing tournament. Yeah. So... The issue with the with the Super League was that it would ostensibly ruin the Champions League because those teams were going to remove themselves from that competition and just do the Super League, right? So all of the the meaning of the domestic cups and the domestic league games meant nothing because like the Champions League was no longer meaningful for anybody. Um and so this is a money grab. It is silly, uh, but it doesn't necessarily ruin the CONCACAF Champions League because you 
that that competition is still in intact. Um, but I agree. Uh, this is this is stupid. So Dan, oh, disagree, disagree. This is awesome. Tournament football is the best. A lot of tournaments run concurrently to to domestic leagues, so games are spread out by weeks and months, and that's boring. The best thing in football is World Cups, European Championships, summer tournaments, and we get that. That's what this is, but it's club teams. That's fair. Who cares? Tournament football is amazing. They're not, like, spreading this out across a domestic season. It's They're taking time off from their leagues. They're all going getting together. They're playing a tournament. This is sweet. I love it. Of course it's a money grab. It has to be because otherwise it can't be funded. Everything has to make money. That's fine. This is amazing for the fan. I love it. You've changed my mind. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like the the clear like destination where Liga MX and MLS want to get to is just a cross border three three nation league with the US, Canada, and Mexico all playing in the same league. Not, you know, these little month long tournaments. How do you guys feel about that? Is that something that you'd be interested in long or short, short term? Or is it just the appeal of, you know, the tournament football that gets the blood going? I don't think it ever gets there because of the structure of MLS. Uh, owners don't want to spend the way they would need to to compete week in, week out with Mexico. Uh, they don't want to give up the control that they have over their league they don't like i just don't think they're compatible so i it's a bit of a moot point to me cuz i just don't think it's going to happen anytime in the foreseeable future yeah i i think that's probably right i think there's like enough enough money in the us to get uh liga mx clubs excited and enough just fandom in mexico to get mls clubs excited that like maybe they can get to some agreement but yeah, it's easier said than done for sure. When is so this tournament is supposed to start when? Two years, twenty twenty three, baby. All right, I'm gonna make my my first prediction. An MLS <laughs> team will win the inaugural League's Cup tournament. Boom! Oh, it's so good. Just keep on making that same pick. It'll be right eventually. eventually. It's gotta come good. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Raymond, thank you for the email. I actually didn't realize until recently that this thing was going to be like a shutdown, get everybody together, run it in two weeks style tournament. I thought it was going to be more like the you know, European Champions League, which I was not thrilled about because that just never has enough momentum. Uh, so summer tournaments, right, where you're just like every day you're checking who's playing, what's the score, are you following. It's so exciting. So Raymond, thanks for bringing this back up. Uh, and sorry to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, you know, if we're going to really revamp the soccer calendar, I'm a big fan of just following the rugby calendar where you just have very clear demarcations in the year. Like, all right, we've got the first seven months for club football. Then we've got a couple months for, you know, weird regional tournaments between clubs. Then we've got a couple months for international football or whatever. Just make it really clear and you know, no more of this wrangling between players and clubs and countries. Like, let's just chop it up, baby. We can travel very quickly, very uh, easily now. This is not, you know, 1890 anymore or whatever. <laughs> it's not. It's true. 
Uh, excellent. Anything else you guys want to touch on? That's all I got. We're good. Just praying for this Thanks. audio. Thanks, Cliff. Prayers Thanks, Cliff. Up. Thanks, Cliff. Bye, guys. He sounds like kind of Dutch. He sounds like if a Dutchman and uh, like someone from Montana, kind of like I guess. The, sh- the chef from uh, the Muppet, the Muppet chef. Yeah. <laughs>